Pod the Mic Force podcast. What a relief. What a relief it is. I can let my guard down and just hang out with you guys. And uh, not that I can't on my other show, but I have prep life. And on prep life, it's all focused on preparedness. Um, and Mike Force, I kind of just shoot the shit. So it's kind of cool. I mean, I could act sleepy because I am sleepy. Um, I just had a black belt in jujitsu. Um, roll my ass up. Um, Chris Light, Brazilian black belt. Um, one of the first round of OGs in Brazilian jiu-jitsu that started in Torrance, California, and then um, ran Beverly Hills, um, Gracie Beverly Hills for a period of time, and then now he's out doing his own thing. I got to do a a three-day event with him. We're just doing one-on-one training, but I'm also helping building content for this app that we're dropping. This app is a pain in my ass. Like, straight up pain in the ass. For those who want to be entrepreneurs, kudos to you guys for wanting to do something challenging. But uh, my entrepreneurship journey has not been easy. I mean, for all those that naysay, I encourage you to start your own preparedness company. I'm, I'm actually seeing a few pop up every once in a while on social and I think that's really cool. Like, I want to see more of that. Um, the more, the merrier. It, it actually is cool to have competition in a space that is really barren of, desolate of any anybody doing anything in preparedness. Sure, you got the tactical guys, right? I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. You're going to have those. It's a popular genre. But try to market a canning and jarring class. Try to market uh, an academic block of preparedness where people don't understand even the start point in preparedness and aren't interested in it. Sure, we'll sell the pistol and carbine course all day long, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about preparedness. Speaking of preparedness, my Vivint alarm is going off. Just making sure, checking my activity. Person detected, 1037. Who is this person? Oh, that is my personal assistant, Krista. All right, we're good. Um, so when it comes to owning business, I've had challenges. And one of the things that I wanted to do to evolve our program is start an application. Now, a lot of guys have started kind of apps. So like, just so you guys know, like on the app side, you could literally pay a company to develop um, the front end of the app and then you just kind of put all the stuff in it and and sell it. We're doing something similar, but we own the data. We own the relationship contractually. It's our data and information and we're doing it the right way um, where we know the data is going to be safe, where we know we're on a platform that's not going to be deleted but it is our platform. Like you can go to all the places, Hulu, Samsung, not right now, June 6th, you can. Um, Apple TV, all the things and get the application. Um, downloading the app is a must. Uh, 
but I'm doing content on all things preparedness related. We mostly break down preparedness in a few categories. Uh, your person or EDC, mobility, um, homestead. But then we have all the breakout categories as well, like things that aren't tangible. I mean, situation awareness is a big one. Like how do you physically learn um, situation awareness without being more situationally aware, like practicing or doing? Um, you have to understand it. You got to get the academics version of it. And I was surprised on doing the YouTube um, survey on Mike Glover Actual, my YouTube channel, and people saying, we want education over entertainment. Now, I said, which one would you watch more? I didn't say, which one would you want, period. Most people said both, which is awesome. I mean, we, we try to educate and be entertaining. We're, we're not, we try not to be boring. But I think that's a shift in culture. I mean, likely if I asked that three years ago, most people would be like, entertain us. Are you not entertained? Because entertain us. Um, but I think things have shifted. Tim Kennedy, my buddy, just texted me and just said, hey, you ready to go back to war? <laughs> you ready to get recalled? Because I'm actually technically on inactive ready reserve status right now. Um, so I could get recalled. So if I'm in an inactive status and they recall me, would I go to war? If the government or the military wanted me because they said, hey, we need, we need the bodies, we need help, I would. I mean, I would do that. If I had a choice in it, I wouldn't. Because raising my children and protecting them just in case something happened is more important. But if there's a need, leading soldiers in combat is more important. And I think people feel that. I mean, how could you not feel it? I, I used to say, hey, if your problems go away when you put your phone down, you know the answer. Except I put my phone down and I f still feel like there's problems because we're in the middle of a recession. Uh, economic potential collapse. Uh, most economists are saying by the end of this year, we're going to feel the pain. I mean, two major banks just went upside down and we bailed them out. Uh, in the model, according to a report or a study, they're saying 200 more banks potentially would fail. So I'm preparing more than I've ever prepared in my own life. And in my entire life, you know, being in the military and preparing for war, that's easy. I didn't focus on the home front because I wasn't home, period. But now that I'm home, preparing is like a new thing. Like, I have to prepare all the things. The mobility rigs got to be kitted out. The comms packages need to be set up. The contingency plans in place. The antibiotics on, on the shelf. You know, all these things are, are very important. Shoot, move, communicate is one small sliver of the pie, and there's a lot more to focus on. While we're dealing with artificial intelligence, um, skyrocketing through the stratosphere, and we can't keep up. Moving faster than the pace that human beings can keep up, by the way. Chat GPT, Bard. It's, what a weird name, right? Bard from uh, Google. All these things are happening at the pace of machine learning. And machine learning is faster than you, my friend. So I've asked, like, what does it look like? You know, what does it look like in the future Future 
<coughs> excuse me, when we have a rapid acceleration of AI, because if you think about the last 20 years from somebody that grew up analog, excuse me, to where we're at now with access to information at the keystroke of your hand, anything that you want, that you want to know, you could access it right here. I had a guy on um, works for Delta Airlines, and I was flying to Florida, and then I was passing through Atlanta on the way home, and he said, hey, man, were you just in Atlanta? I'm like, what world do we live in now where you could see somebody that you recognize on social media, I don't know the guy, and immediately jump on your phone and access that person and communicate to that person? It's just not done. When I was growing up, I met Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks and Burt Reynolds. Smokey and the Bandit, if you grew up with uh, in the 80s, was awesome. I mean, he was my hero. I thought it was pretty cool meeting him when I was in the Army. But I didn't pick up my phone and go, hey, you want to grab some dinner? But I have people doing that. And I don't think that's bad. I actually think that's pretty cool. I, that's the cool part of social media. Here's, here's something I want to read you. Uh, according to Elon Musk, this just came out. Elon Musk and other tech leaders call for pause on dangerous race to make AI as advanced as humans. I, I think it's, they're already advanced as humans. The missing component is the do, but the do isn't hard to do. What do I mean? Well, it's all in the system. But imagine you have like um, robotics. Like if, if you didn't know, you could generate imagery, for example, through uh, chat GPT and other different types of software that are typically generating imagery or images. So you could prompt it with all of the protocol, the depth of field, the aperture stop or setting, the shutter speed, all the photography stuff, even the ratio aspect. And then you could prompt it with all the information and it could generate an image based on your desire. Why is that a big deal, Mike? Well, let's say you own a photography business or let's say you own a restaurant. And you want a photography image or a photographic image of your grandma's pasta. If you communicate the right information and prompt the AI, you could get an image that's better than any photographer. And, and photographers will debate that, but I, I saw the imagery. This isn't something that's like philosophy, guys. This is happening right now. You, can, you could actually do it right now. And you could generate these images that costs no money. I mean, besides the, the, the stuff that you're investing in on the computer side, but literally no time. You could prompt chat B GPT to generate a novel based on characters and information that you prompt, and it could spit out a more interesting, potentially more interesting novel or story than you've ever, that any human being can produce. Likely you, because you're not probably a writer. So why is that scary? Well, if you think about it, all the things that we do, let's say capitalism, our, our, our social classes, our high, business hierarchies are working our way to the top, to, to each bracket, why would you need human beings for anything? Why would I need media or marketing when I could prompt 
ChatGPT to generate all the marketing more efficiently and effectively than any human being could do. And let me let me let me uh, uh, change it up a little bit. Let's say you had robotics that were prompted with the information, right? Because it takes the data access. What I love about it is the the huge difference here is it can queue up all the data from all over the place. Like Scott Huberman focuses as a neurologist on these life hacks, these things that you could do based on studies, um, causation, correlation, case studies, um, scientific experiments, scientific studies, where he can take these sometimes peer-reviewed, sometimes just information that he's gathered and give you the best way to optimize your life and your behavior and your habits and your patterns. Well, imagine now that you collect an automated system collects all of the data from all the information to literally let you, based on your genetics, your blood type, um, your habits, your environment, all the factors, all the input, all the data to live your best life. So you could wake up with a program that says, hey, seven minutes upon waking, you need to do fasted cardio for 23 minutes to burn this amount of body fat to get this achieved weight. You need to input this amount of, it, think about it. It will, it will finute, or it will finute. That's the uh, uh, finute, finute, uh, minutia. And I was thinking, um, finute's a word, right? I don't know. Is that a word? Um, it will optimize and dial all the things that human beings abstractly just throw shit out in the, in the world. Like if a guy's in France coming up with a new way to cure cancer and a guy in California in a lab is doing the same, but they're not cross-talking, if ChatGPT can get, gain and access all the information, could they potentially come up with a cure, right? If it has the problem set. If you have robotics and it says, hey, this hand, we want to make a hand for people who don't have hands more realistic. Here's what exists. Here's what we want to make better. What can we do? Based on all the information, think think Google, like all the data that's there. And we don't we're not good curators and extractors of data to solve problems because that's what we're doing. Like I want to solve a problem, I go to my network, I I do research. Imagine if all the research was accessible. That's the profound difference here. But wait, there's more. What happens when human beings get in the way? I mean, human beings essentially would be obsolete because there would be no hierarchy of products and services. Businesses' main objective is to solve problems. But what if there are no problems to solve? Well, Mike, we'll just live. That's not how it works. Like the scarcity of resources allows human beings to drive, to be motivated, to desire, to need, to want. But if none of those are there and robots have figured it all out, well, then what's the next default? Well, you'll fall in love with your virtual life over your real life. Because I could date a virtual avatar who's more beautiful, more emotionally intelligent than all the girlfriends that I've ever dated. And then she could tell me how she really feels and I could tell her how I really feel and she's not judging me for it. I know she's not judging me because I programmed her. 
And then why would I ever come out of that reality? Because all the chemical processes that I feel, even the, even the potential future of that that I potentially feel are real. It's in me. So what desire would I have to pursue anybody or to do anything? Why do I need you doing construction when robots can create robots to do construction for the people? Um, that's a potential problem. There's a potential for a disaster. So Elon Musk is like, hey, let's not do this. Artificial intelligence labs have been urged by Elon Musk and numerous other tech industry experts to stop training AI more powerful than GPT-4, OpenAI's latest large language model. In an open letter signed by Musk, Apple co-founder, technology leaders all over the world, they asked for a six-month pause to develop, uh, to, the, to develop a plan and understand the, the risk to society. I mean, one of the most intelligent human beings on the planet, also the wealthiest human being on the planet, is doing this. Musk, who's one of OpenAI's co-founders, has criticized the organization's number of times recently, saying he believes it is diverging from its original purpose. So you got him saying that, and we're just worried about everything else in the world. You guys see this Nashville shooter? I mean, we, I did a Reacts video on it. You guys saw that. If not, it's on Mike Glover Actual. Um, here's what I find peculiar about this situation. It, it, it's my own curiosity, but it, I don't think I've ever seen a woman conduct an active shooting um, ever. Some would argue, based on her proposed identity, which was uh, whatever, I'm not a trans pronouns expert, um, neither am I transphobic. Just quickly, my philosophy on it is I don't care what you do with your own situation. Don't bring it on me. Don't bring it on my kids, and we'll be fine. You can do whatever you want. You think you're an elf living in Elvgren? Um in, in a tree stump, you could do that. Just don't mess with my kids. Just don't mess with me. Don't push your ideology on me. How about that? Um, so she was transgender, taking testosterone, suffering from a mental health disorder that was clinically, psychologically diagnosed, and being treated for that. I'm kind of dumbfounded the fact that I, she legally was able to purchase firearms based on that. But here we are saying we need red flag laws because if a veteran suffers from post-traumatic stress, as I do, I'm diagnosed um, from veteran affairs. I'm not afraid of saying that, even though it's none of your business. It is your business in the sense that I, I think um, veteran affairs doesn't know what they're doing. And I also think because of exposure every military service member who goes to combat certainly has some form of post-traumatic stress, um, some kind of transitional potential issue. But that doesn't mean they're out of their mind. That doesn't mean they're not capable of holding down jobs, running businesses, being good fathers, being good mothers, etc. So I find it fascinating that um, nobody in the national media is reporting this. I mean, the national headline typically would say, would want to say white nationalist conducts act of violence, blah, 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 blah. It's like they did with a Nancy Pelosi case 
where Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked with a guy with a hammer, the right, the far right went wild on this conspiracy theory. Uh, and then the far left did the same. Except it wasn't a white nationalist. Except it was no weird sex thing. It was a liberal lunatic out of, out of uh, Sacramento, out of Berkeley, that was homeless, schizophrenic, all the things, and wanted to attack Nancy Pelosi. And then that kind of just subsides. And we just, we just don't talk about that. What I'm really surprised is the reaction from people posting, for example, I think there's a congressman from, from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, a Christmas card from a couple years ago, I think 2021, where the whole family is standing around with the kids holding guns. Now, I'm a freedom-loving American. I would never do that. I mean, I've actually made Christmas cards with my ex-girlfriend and we had, I had like a Tommy gun and she had a, another gun for a Christmas card. But that's going to close members of our family. And I, would, I wouldn't really think to put a carbine in my son's hand. Um, but that's what they did. But also, it's, it's America. Like, welcome to America. But the radical left comes out of the woodwork and is like, they're grooming. That's, that's psychotic. No, what's psychotic is misgendering children and doing sex reassignment surgery for children. That's psychotic. What's psychotic is teaching anti-racism theory in school when they should be worried about, about curriculum like science and math, which is one of the reasons we're behind the world. What's crazy is focusing on vocation instead of um, liberal degrees and studies where they come out of the work, come out of the education and get nothing for their education because you can't get a job with a liberal arts degree in gender reaffirmation studies. Like, that's not how it works. Also, I personally think that people who go through these things young based on the statistics, have been proven to have a higher rate of suicide, of mental health issues. Uh, Sean Ryan's recent podcast, he had a SEAL Team 6 Navy SEAL who was known in the community. She was in the Pentagon when I was on active duty. I even met her once. Um, but he's now a he, identifies as a guy, which is his biological sex, and he's like, man, I, I was going through some stuff. And good on him for being courageous and brave to say that out loud when a lot of people were in the same boat. So we're in a crazy world in a crazy time. Mental health is the dilemma. I saw the Washington Post talk about this this morning and said, oh, the, uh, the, the, the Republicans are saying it's a mental health issue, not a gun issue. Are you guys dumb? Are you guys that dumb? I mean, seriously, are you that dumb? Are you that naive to how the world works? Like when a person decides to commit an act of violence and they kill people, whether in the inner city of Chicago, the inner city of Baltimore, or a covenant Christian school, the person who's doing the act of violence is not in their right state of mind. And they're hell bent on conducting acts of evil. So the tool doesn't matter because when you advocate 
for law-abiding citizens to get their rights pulled away. The only thing you're doing is setting up the innocent people who have the potential and rights to protect themselves of not having that because of your radical, nonsensical, flimsy stories, your flaccid argument. Oh, guns are the problem. No, guns are not the problem. Most guns are used for suicide. Most guns and crimes are semi-automatic pistols. It's not the scary AR, the 223, the hopped up 22 round. It's not that. I promise you. Yes, lethal anything in the wrong hands could be bad. But what you're simply advocating for is we create more laws, more control to take guns away from law-abiding people. Because remember, guys, what, what trumps your argument at the end of it all, because we could talk about it for days, for weeks, for years. What trumps your argument at the end of it all is criminals and violent actors do not follow your law. Why is that so hard to comprehend? On my Glover Actual, I did a, on Prep Life, I talked about the correlation between a father who made a bad decision and not strapping his kids in seatbelts and that mistake, that action, or that inaction led to the death of his six children. That happened in Tennessee, the same 24-hour cycle that a person, a human being, because in, in, human beings are inherently flawed one way or the other, decided on their own accord to violently assault people. Now, what's the difference? Both of them are protected by laws. Both of the innocents in this situation, both the kids, because it's against the law to not wear your seatbelt, especially children. You have to restrain them. And the person who went to a gun-free zone, because you're not supposed to have guns on school campuses, and you're not supposed to use guns to harm people, both of them, those human beings, neglected following the law. The outcome, six people died. So if six people die in a vehicle rollover accident, are we looking at that at all? Because 40,000 people in America die a year in vehicle accidents. We're not because it has more to do with control, ideology, lobbying, politics, politicians. The list goes on. Money, power. And at the end of the day, the American people are going, hey, wait, like, yeah, a person at the end of the day isn't really going to follow the law, right? Because, I mean, 19 suicide um, Saudi Arabians decided with box cutters they're going to crash airplanes into towers. No laws prevented that because you're not supposed to have a box cutter and threaten to take somebody's life. You're not supposed to make a bomb threat. You're not supposed to take a plane and crash it into the World Trade Center in the Pentagon and a field. And they did that. You know why? Because evil people do evil things. The best way to stop, stop an active shooter is top three. One, the family unit. We won't advocate for that because um, it's against Marxist ideology, right? The radical uh, national media won't do it either because it will go against their narrative, mostly supporting radical Marxist ideology. We've gotten away from the basics, but we won't focus on, hey, what was the motive? Like, what was her issue? What was her deal? What was she diagnosed with? We need to figure this out so we can prevent this from happening again. Love, unity, family, core values, the good stuff. No, we won't do that. Instead, we'll focus on the AR-15 platform because that's what it's really about. Because we know that on the right, 
if I'm debating against the right as a leftist or a Democrat, I could say, let's down with the AR-15s because most of them are being supported by the NRA and gun manufacturers. Why would you not support the politicians that support maintaining the integrity of the rights of the Constitution? So, like, messy, messy. I just want to be left the hell alone. I think most Americans want that as well. But we agreed to outsource this thing called education, just like we did security. The second way to prevent uh, an active shooting is those two police officers that killed the active shooter. Everybody else there deserves the credit. They were there moving to the sound of gunfire. On the Reacts video, I am dumbfounded by their, their, their courageous efforts. Their technical skill sets, their bravery. No criticism for me. They just did the right thing and prevented a lot of lives from being lost. Because if they didn't take that active shooter out, as transgender Twitters are reporting how she was um, innocent in a position where she wasn't a threat to them, she was shooting at arriving police officers with an AR-15. Get the F out of here. Just stop. Just effing stop. What I love about America now is we see your bullshit. The great thing about social media is everything's exposed. You can't hide. We know what's going on. And it's ridiculous. Uh, And America's getting fed up. We don't need a war because we're banding together. Hopefully we vote for the right freaking person the next time and get this dude who's, who's a complete fraud who is completely in bed with China, who is completely incompetent out of the damn White House. The third way to stop an active shooter is an AR-15, preferably a BCM with a Vortex optic. I think that was a BCM with a Vortex optic that was in the video. I'm not 100%, but it looked like it. That's how you stop an evil person hell-bent on doing evil things. It's like the, the leftists here who would sit here and tell you how they would negotiate, how we need gun control. These are the same people that wanted to find and barter a peace deal with the Taliban or with Al-Qaeda. They're, they're, just, they're just confused human beings. We just need to sit down. Those same human beings would lob your effing head off. They would gnaw at your neck and separate your spine from your body. They would do that. All in the name of Allah. They would do that. So what you're doing is you're advocating for lunatics. And I think America's fed up. The one way to stop lunatics is self-defense acts meeting violence with violence. You don't want to hear it. It's just a reality. I mean, I, I think about the many times that me and the guys went and hit objectives, hit targets, with task force where everybody's doing their own sliver of the pie and it's literally a scene of active shooters. Everybody there is an active shooter in every single building because they're terrorists. They want to kill you. So find the active shooter, take them out, whatever means necessary. Bullets, frags, drop the whole damn thing with a 500-pound bomb. When we look at um, social media, 
Social media scares the hell of me, guys. Um, my children would not touch social media. I have devices for them now because they can watch their kids' YouTube videos. But they won't be on social media. TikTok, 200 million users in America on TikTok who don't understand. I had an account years ago. I've since deleted that account or at least uh, logged out of, the, out of the account and tried to delete it. They won't delete it. It is a Chinese-based application. The CEO is from Singapore because they, tip, they uh, deliberately wanted to put a guy in who wasn't Chinese, and the Chinese Communist Party is looking into the data that is being leveraged by TikTok. Well, Mike, what, that would never be an issue until there's a campaign. Can you imagine 200, people, 200 million people being fed propaganda at the same time for a deliberate campaign, including a direct assault on American soil? How about if they have access to your phone because the app's on your phone, they could disable your phone. So 200 million people without communication because TikTok's on their phone. It, it's more deeply embedded than just, I don't care if they take pictures of my face or my ass. I know what I'm doing. That's not even close to what it's about, guys. It's about building and establishing patterns of life, of routine, surveillance, developing the architecture from the inside out of the entire country, mapping it for reconnaissance. I mean, they already use balloons to go over our country. They have every ground asset to do everything the same. Now imagine they feed propaganda to change behavior, to go after the American government, to rise up against the false flag and campaign, and then they conduct a sabotage or a direct attack. That's how scary this is. We're not the only ones playing spy games in the world. Social media is destroying our lives. I, I see more people on phones invested in social media than their own families. At restaurants and family engagements, I take my kids to Kidstopia. It's a, it's a great place where you could run around with their children. Me and a handful of guys, it's like I'm befriending the guys that run around with me, um, but we run around that place with our kids. And then you have a segment of parents, some who are working from their phones. I, I do that sometimes. But many of them that are just scrolling Instagram while their kids are learning about life, making memories without them. And we wonder why we have issues. We wonder why we have issues. We're so busy consuming and not busy enough working. The turnover rate in this country for employees, I know because I've had the employees of people who come in and they have no experience, but they think they're squared away, but they're not squared away. They do reckless things that we even have all the information to demonstrate how reckless they were. Like we have it and they'll look you in the face and say they didn't do anything wrong. Or they'll say, oh, yeah, I don't need this company. I'm going to go elsewhere. Like Americans now are so entitled, but that evolves or de-evolves and de-escalates because of social media. Like, I don't need you. I, I could run a, a company from this. Okay, go ahead and do that. I do that. And it, it's one one millionth of my company is ran from this. Most of it's in-person engagements and tactical guerrilla marketing. It's not social media. It's not Instagram. 
the default for most of us is Instagram. Get off the social media platforms. I have the rewilding course. I think it's already sold out. Um, I have a couple of slots left. You can check philcraftsurvival.com. But I started the rewilding course because I wanted to give people the opportunity to understand how it works and disconnect. Create a protocol, a pattern of life to, to allow them to re-instill their natural and primal and beautiful ways about them anytime they need. But you got to understand it first. You got to understand the process. Feast and famine. Abundance and scarcity. You got to understand it. Also, we're doing the resilience course. Me, Andy Stumpf, Leah Stumpf, Brian Peters, everybody. Why? We need to teach people how to be more resilient. I'll be in Arizona soon. By the time you see this, I've already been there. 200 people signed up. Why? We're talking about preparedness. And then we're doing a fire-based tactic of evolving that space, Phoenix, Arizona. Then we're going to P&W. Then we're we're already set up in Dallas. And we're going to build and evolve the preparedness community there, making them more resilient. I just set a date, July 8th. Me, Jared Taylor, and Annie Stumpf will be doing a leadership seminar um, in Phoenix, Arizona. But it's not just leadership. It's not just entrepreneurship. It's mindset. It's resilience. It's all the things. We need the full scale, technical skills all the way up to big picture. 30,000 feet to the ground is what we need. That needs to be our focus. These disasters have been out of control, man. I don't know if you've been monitoring disasters, both natural and man-made, out of control. The highs in in April, because it's 10-day forecast leading into April, in the 30s, record setting temperatures. I think negative 80 recorded or negative negative 62 recorded in one part of Utah this season. Record amount of historical snowfall. Things are are crazy right now when it comes to uh, from California to the tornadoes that hit Mississippi and Alabama. Things are out of control. Why does that matter? Well, we've always dealt with natural disaster. That's just the commonplace in the world. I've been in two earthquakes, one in Afghanistan and one in Pakistan. Both of them killed thousands of people, and that was not fun, but it just happens. Why it matters is because it only takes a few events, natural and man-made, to create a catastrophic cascade of disasters snowballing downhill and everything falling apart. You see this news where China's infiltrating into Mexico and Latin America. They've already been doing that. I told you guys the story once when I was in uh, Africa. The only places that had infrastructure were Chinese built, like they're like Fraggle Rocks, all across the continent of Africa, building up infrastructure. Why? Because they're bartering for credit, mining resources, and setting this continent for failure but for worldly influence. Now, Russia, China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, um, Yemen, North Korea, all these guys are getting together. They're having the coalition anti-American party while we're focused on Trump. Like, we do not have our shit together, guys. Outside of that, of we not having our shit together, you need to have your shit together. Just focus on doing you. Focus on you, your family, 
and everything else. In closing, like I think family is the key to all this. With all the things that I see, the happiest I've ever been been is probably the last three months because I spent 90 less percent time on social. Now I love YouTube. You, you can't, you'll find me on YouTube all the time. That's why I love it. Like I'll be doing this content. This doesn't count. And YouTube, because it's a different kind of extraction of our resources, of our chemistry, um, it's a little different. But scrolling like dummies on a social media app has not led us to be more successful, more optimized, more efficient, and more social. That was the whole plan. Social media is going to make us more social. It's made us into robots where kids can't even look each other in the face and say, hey, my name is. When on ranges, when I say, hey, guys, team up, partner up, shooter, coach, people are like, uh, I have to talk to another. Yeah, yeah, you have to talk to another human being. That's, that's what we're doing. It's one of the reasons why we started um, I mean, I just, I just signed the letter of intent with a building in Provo, Provo, Utah, jujitsu, fitness with Devin, tactical cowboy and his wife, um, jujitsu with, um, Greg Lappin and Greg Anderson. I'll have Chris Light, Chad Robichaud, Tim Kennedy float through as a foundation, all the simulation blocks, including personal security that we teach and all the seminars and workshops that we teach. I, I want to start building academies and institutes throughout the country. If you got a couple million dollars laying around, hook me up because I'd love to build out in every major city, right on the outskirts of town, a Philcraft HQ that runs jiu-jitsu all week, runs fitness all week, does cold hot, uh, a cold hot therapy, does workshops, leadership seminars, and does all the training. Has a retail section on the front end so we can better prepare this country. That's the scale of Philcraft Survival. That scale starts with you. Be a good dad, be a good person, be a good mom, be a good friend. Get off your damn cell phone. Get off your damn, damn cell phone. You know what's right. You hit up TikTok and, you, and you, you blank out for two hours, that ain't right. You're on there looking, trying to get educated. I'm taking ground school with the guys uh, from FTI group um, who allowed me the opportunity to go to um, flight school. I'm taking ground school. I do YouTube. I do podcasts. That's all the good stuff. All right, guys. BillCrowdSurvival.com. Mike Glover Actual, all the things. Am I leaning out a little bit? At 240, I'm trying to get down to 225 is the goal. That's going to be difficult to do. But if I stop lifting weights, um, I'll, I'll lose some weight. So I'm going to stop lifting weights. I'm going to do calisthenics and jujitsu and yoga and hopefully um, be lean and mean. I hope you guys are doing the same. Till next time. Peace out, guys.